Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. So um, we are obviously coming to you uh, in a different format this morning, but we trust that as you're sitting at home or uh, in your living room or in front of a laptop or TV, or it may not even be morning, you may be watching this at a different point, but we are live in our auditorium and we are sitting here, uh, we have our staff and we have our, our AMP um, interns with us today, and so they're, they're giving us a good crowd, so I'm not just talking to a camera, but obviously with everything that is happening in the uh, world and the country around us, um, it's pretty awesome that we can still have church, um, although it's still online. So I, I do believe that things like this try to weaken the church, but um, God's so good with technology and still the ability to, to be connected together. And so we do really, really, really appreciate you um, watching. And I do, uh, I, I'm really excited about this new series. And it is very timely in the middle of everything that is happening. Um, but I didn't write these messages in response to that. They were actually done before. And so it's just cool. God knows timing. So what I'd like to do before I start sharing is I would just like to open up in, in a word of prayer. So Father, we thank you that you are not a nervous God, not a fearful God. You are the God that is our provider, our healer, our protector, our sustainer. And you are still sitting on the throne and you are still leading and guiding and overseeing our lives. And God, we trust you. And we don't just trust our good moments to you, but we also trust the moments that challenge our faith and they challenge, um, they challenge us as people. God, I'm not sure where we would be without you. And we are forever grateful. And God, we do pray for our president and our governor and our leaders that they would have the wisdom and the knowledge to light to navigate us through this season. And God, we do declare, as we've been declaring, that this virus stops by the mighty hand of God. And we've been, we have been speaking that no one that's in our church family here at LifePoint, and that could include anybody else watching this, that this virus will not affect them. As Psalm 91 says, things may fall all around us, but it doesn't touch us. And we stand on that. And God, I pray for the next few moments you would, you would inspire us. You would download wisdom to us and revelation. You would stir us, and you would fire us up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, here, here's the title. Well, actually, before I give you the title, let, let me say it this way. Maybe you have thought this or even said to somebody, uh, you need an attitude adjustment. And we usually say that kind of like a smart remark, but I think it's even true for us. We do need an attitude adjustment quite frequently. And so here's my title for this new series. It'll be a four-week series, and it's this title, Attitude is Everything. Attitude is Everything. And so when I say the word attitude, it's one of those words we know what it is, but it's often hard to define. So the best definition of attitude is just your disposition. What is your, your disposition? Or we can say it this way. What's your tendency? What's your inclination? What's, what's your vibe? That really is, is your attitude. It, it's how you consistently feel. It's how you consistently believe. It's how you consistently act. 
So it's important because it, it really does determine how you approach life. And I do believe that it is one of the key factors that really determines what happens um, not just to you, but what happens in you and what happens for you. You know, every week we kind of make this confession. Um, God, we just, we're in the right place for you to do something awesome in me, for me, and through me. And I do believe that attitude really determines that. What, what, what is really happening in me? What really happens for me? What really happens through me? And I love this quote. I've, I've had this quote for several years. It's a quote by Viktor Frankl. And he was a gentleman who survived a Nazi camp, uh, Nazi death camp. And he said this, the last of human freedoms is to be able to choose one's own attitude in any given circumstance. So the real freedom in your life, this is from someone who survived a Nazi death camp, and he said, really, the last freedom you have is you choose your attitude no matter what you might be going through in life. And so your attitude fixes your perspective, it fixes your expectation, it fixes your motivation, it fixes your opportunities. And so I would say it this way, that you and I are really the ones who are responsible for our attitude. It isn't God, it's, but it's us that's responsible for our own attitude. And so the Bible talks about some attitudes that we should cultivate. And so that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, um, which and how uh, we're to cultivate those attitudes. And I'm going to actually teach on one next week, which is an attitude we need to delete from our life, and we'll tell you how to do that. But when the Bible talks about attitudes, it, it usually uses a different word, and it's the word spirit. Now, not Holy Spirit, that's spirit with a small s, and it means to breathe. So it's your essence, your disposition, your spirit, or your attitude. And so today, I know I've taught on this before, but this is one we need to hear over and over and over and over again. And so here's what I want to talk about today, developing an attitude of faith or a spirit of faith. Developing an attitude of faith. Because faith, we know how important faith is. Faith is it, it's the, probably the thing we need to talk about the most. And people have said, well, you're, you're a faith speaker. That's a faith church. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll take that. That's right. I'm, what else do you want me to be? And I, I know that can mean a lot of things. Uh, but, but an attitude of faith is something that has to be developed. So even though you can come to Christ, become a Christ follower, be born again, be saved... That doesn't develop a spirit of faith in you. It's up to you and I to, to develop and cultivate an attitude of faith, a disposition of faith, an inclination toward faith, a tendency toward faith, a vibe of faith, a mood. Think about that. We, we, we talk about people around people like, man, they, they, they're moody. What if your mood was faith? What if your vibe was faith? They just gave off a vibe. Well, yeah, the, the vibe they gave off was faith. Or what's, what's their tendency? It's faith. That'd be, that'd be awesome for them to say about us. So if you define faith, the best definition of faith is, we could say it this way, it's what you believe. Or we could say this, it is, it, it is confidence that you have in someone or something. We, we sort of made up our own word around here, Godfidence. But it's, a, it's your confidence or um, to have confidence in or, or a confident trust in someone or something. So when we say we have to develop a confidence toward God, a confidence toward the Word of God, that's really what we're talking about. Before we jump into um, some pointers, why, why is an attitude of faith really, really, really that important? 
And I just summarize it in these three, three little statements because I, I know we know that it's important, but wh- why is it so important that we talk about developing an attitude or cultivating an attitude or helping you, um, help you create a certain vibe or mood or disposition? And here's, here's just a few reasons. First of all, because it's what pleases God. I think all of us that follow Jesus would say, I just want to please my Father. I just want to please the Lord. I just want to please God. I want to please Jesus. And so I, we have all these thoughts about being perfect and not doing this and not doing But what really pleases God, the Bible says it's faith. So if it's faith that pleases God, and Hebrews tells us that, then, then faith is what I need to develop in my, in my life. If there are things that pleases my wife, I want to develop those things, work on those things, allow those things to happen in my life because that's what would please her or, or the people that we care about. So here's the main reason or one reason that faith is so important is because it really is what pleases God. I want to honor God. I'm going to develop this. I'm going to ask him to help me develop this attitude in my life. And, and I might not have said this, but, but faith isn't just a natural thing. That's why it has to be, we have to develop a spirit of faith because we have a tendency to get into fear and law and religion and things like that. We see that going on around our world right now. Are we facing something that's serious? Yes, but there is a spirit of fear attached to it that is causing people to lose it. And so um, I'm glad I know Jesus. I'm glad I know about faith. So it's what, please, here's, here's another reason why it's so important because it's how we receive the promises of God. Romans says that it is the key to receiving. And so every promise from God is given by what? Grace. So they're all grace gifts, which is good. It doesn't depend on our goodness, but the goodness of God. It's all given by grace, but the only way it can be received is by what? Faith. So it's what pleases God. It's how we receive anything from God, favor, bless. All those things come by faith, but they're given by grace. And here's the other reason, because it creates hope. Hebrew says that. Why is it important for me to develop a disposition of faith? Because it's what pleases God. It's how I receive anything from God, and it's what creates hope in my life. I want you to know right now in the middle of this crisis, you know, um, my, 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 my kids are at home, and they are bored out of their minds in day three, right? So uh, um, they're, they're just bored, and we, that's just the generation that we're in right now. And there are a few moments they've been concerned when a report would come on online or on TV, and we've just had to speak some faith, and it calms them right down. And why is that so important? Because faith, faith creates an expectancy. It creates a hope. And it is a challenge, but man, I'm glad that I have faith because I have hope. I have hope. God's, God's our protector, and God is for us, and he's not against us, and if God be for us. And we've been quoting Psalm 91, and I told someone the other day that you know, Scripture is just theory until it's activated out of your life. And when it's active, in other words, it's theory until you speak it or you need it. And it's a season we need certain Scriptures right now. And so it goes from theory to practicum. So are you all with me? So we're, we're going to go back um, in the Old Testament, and I'm going to read you a little bit of Scripture. Then I'm going to give you the formula for really developing an attitude of faith. And so I want to pick up where Moses, it's interesting, we just finished the series on the 12 commandments, so we talked a lot about Moses coming into the wilderness and um, giving the the 10 words or the 10 commandments. Well, now I want to pick up later in the book of Numbers in chapter 13, and we see Moses has brought God's people through the wilderness and literally across the river from the promised land. And so Moses sends out 
these 12 spies, and he tells them, go into the land uh, and bring us back a report. We want to know what the people are like, what the cities are like, what the land is like, what's the harvest like. And so he sends them out for a report, and we're going to pick up in chapter 13 and read a few verses in 14, and we'll work our way through this, and then we'll make some points here at the end. So so, uh, several scriptures, so just stick with me this morning. But Numbers chapter 13, so the spies were sent out to give a report. Um, some of them work for CNN. Some of them work for CBN. So here we go. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, verse 25, they return from spying out the land after 40 days. So for 40 days, they are just checking things out. Now they departed and they came back to Moses and Aaron and they came before all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them fruit from the land. So they are coming back showing them that this land is, has great harvest to it. Verse 27. And then they told them and they said, we went to the land where you sent us and it truly does flow with milk and honey. This is actually its fruit. But nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And I think this is sometimes where we land. Here's proof of what God said, but there's an obstacle. Here's proof of what God said, but I sense this, or I see this, or I feel this. So there's a nevertheless or a but here. But the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified. They're very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And I love verse 30. So they're, they're starting to bring this report of worst-case scenario, how bad things could be, all of the obstacles, all of that which stands against them. And I love verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses. And he said this, and, and, and faith always quiets our emotion. Faith always quiets a bad report. So Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and he said, well, let us go up at once and let us take possession. This is, this is faith, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him, this is what they said, we're not able to go up against this people. They're stronger than we are. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a what? A bad report. Gave a bad report of the land that they spied out. And they said this, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. We saw the giants or the descendants of Enoch um, that came from giants. And we were just like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So if you are a grasshopper in your own sight, you'll be a grasshopper in the enemy's sight. All right, verse, uh, or chapter 14, let's, let's, let's keep reading here, verse 14. So all the congregation began to lift their voices, and they cried out, and people wept all night. So now people are discouraged, they're despondent, they are fearful. And all the children of Israel complained. This is when you know you're not in faith, you complain. They complained against Moses, they complained against Aaron, and the whole congregation said this, we would have rather died in Egypt, or... If only we had died out here in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our kids should become victims? 
Wouldn't it have been better for us to go back to Egypt? And look what it says in verse 4. So they started saying, let's get another leader and let them take us back to bondage. Let them take us back to um, slavery. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of all of Israel. But, I love that, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, they tore their clothes and they spoke to all of the congregation of Israel and they said, this land that we passed through to spy out, it's exceedingly good. And the, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and he's going to give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of that land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. So here are these 12 spies that go out, and they go out, and they see this land that God promised them. They spy the land, and they say, it's just like God promised, but there's a few giants, there's some fortified cities, and there's some strongholds there. And so they started this bad report, so much so that they're weeping and crying, and now they want to elect some new leaders, and they want to go backwards. But Joshua and Caleb stood up and said, you know what? God gave this to us. Let's go take possession of it. What? Now. The Lord, if the Lord is with us, this is our bread. This is for us to devour. And so Joshua and Caleb encouraged the people to possess the land because the Lord was with them. Now, I know you know this story, but let's go to verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to this test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. Verse 23, they certainly shall not see this land that I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. So what God is saying, this generation that I brought out to bring in because of their stubbornness, because of a bad report, they're going to die in the wilderness. Verse 24, but. So what we had was people giving a report. Joshua and Caleb said, well, Joshua and Caleb said, we can take it. The people said, yeah, but there's giants. Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, but God said we could go in. And now God's saying one generation is going to die in the wilderness, but my servant Caleb, and we can include Joshua here, because they have a different what? They have a different spirit about them, and they have followed me fully. I'm going to bring them into the land where he went, and his, de his descendants will inherit it. So there's a generation that came out of Egypt that could not inherit the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. They led a younger generation that had a different spirit. So they had a different attitude. There are some people who go through hard times, and, and some of those hard times destroy them. Some of those hard times paralyze them, but there are some people who are able to go through some challenging times, and they just have a different disposition. They have a different spirit. They have a different vibe. They have a different mood. There are some people going through this stuff that we're going through right now, and some people are paralyzed by it, but there's some people walking through it with a different spirit. That doesn't mean that they don't know there's something going on. There's just a different mood, a different vibe. So no matter what it is, we can have a different disposition. We can have a different vibe. We can have a different mood about us. What that means is this, that they weren't fearful. They were courageous. They believed and they declared and they had what? An attitude of faith or a spirit of faith. That was the difference maker. And I hope they would say that about you and I hope they would say that about me. They just have a different attitude about them. They just have a different disposition about them. Just have a different vibe about them. Just have a different, they have a different perception. They have a different outlook about them. And that's a difference maker. It's this attitude of faith. Now look at me with Ephesians chapter four, verse 23. 
It says this, and be constantly, how often? Constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, the Amplified Bible gives us the definition of this. It says, have a fresh mental and spiritual what? So this fresh spiritual attitude, this attitude of faith has to be what? Constantly renewed and developed in us because we have a tendency for fear. We have a tendency for doubt. We have a tendency for worry. So this is something that has to be continually developed in us. It is basically this. If whatever we dwell on the most, most changes our outlook. So if we're able to dwell on what the Word of God says in finances, uh, as in the financial realm, it changes our perspective. It, it, it depends on what truth we dwell on. It depends on how we have an outlook with health or healing or relationships or finances. All, whatever we're dwelling on, if we're dwelling on truth, it fixes our attitude about these things. If, we're, if we happen to be dwelling on fear or deception or a lie, it fixes our attitude about these things. This is why an attitude is so important. Joshua and Caleb had a different what? They had a different attitude, a different disposition, a different mood, a different vibe about them. And for us, we can have the same thing, but it's something that has to be renewed in us on an ongoing, consistent, constant basis because we have a tendency to go to fear. We have a tendency to go to doubt. We have a tendency to go to stress. We have a tendency to go to these things in, in, in the natural. So the Bible says we need a fresh mental alteration, a fresh spiritual alteration. So a, a spiritual attitude or an attitude of faith has to be developed. And, and I, I most of the time would say to you, there isn't just a set formula to certain things. But I do believe when it comes to faith, there is an absolute set formula. And I've taught you this before, but I want to remind you this morning, and I, I love this. George Pearson said something, I heard him say that we need to keep teaching certain things over and over and over. And it set me free from thinking I I have to have a new topic all the time. Then we change how we say it. We, we add new revelation to it. But this faith thing is something we have to keep hearing over and over and over and over because it, it develops that fresh mental. Because we have to have a fresh spiritual uh, attitude of faith renewal every day. Why? Because we have fresh new stuff that's thrown at us, right? So here's how we develop a attitude or a spirit of faith. It really is just three steps. Number one, we hear and agree. Everyone say that. We we hear and agree. In other words, faith absolutely starts where the will of God is known. If you do not know the will of God on something, you cannot have faith. So it begins where the will of God is revealed. It begins where the will of God is revealed. So if the will of God is revealed, if revelation is given, that's the moment where faith can start. If you hear about grace, you can put faith to grace. If you hear about healing, you can put faith to healing. If you hear about prospering, if you hear about protection, you can start to put faith, but it can only start where uh, revelation or the will of God is actually revealed or known. So we hear it and we agree with it. That's the first step. We hear and we agree. We hear and agree, hear and agree, hear and agree. That's like taking your car keys and putting them into the engine of your car. Now, There really are, when I read the Bible, there are really are two ways that you build up your faith. There are two ways the Bible tells us to build up our faith. One, it says this in Jude. It says, pray in the Holy Spirit and build yourself up in your most holy faith. So praying in the Holy Spirit builds us up in our faith. And the second way is we got to keep hearing the word of God. Keep hearing the word of God. Look what Romans says. I know you know this verse, but chapter 10, verse 17 says, so faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. Not by what was heard. But faith keeps coming by what you keep 
hearing. Faith keeps coming by hearing what is told and what is heard comes from the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Jesus. So what is it we need to hear? We need to hear over and over again what came from the lips of Jesus. So faith comes from hearing what Jesus said. Faith keeps hearing what God said. Faith keeps coming. So how faith can't come unless you're hearing what Jesus said. So you got to keep hearing. How do you do that? Well, I read the word of God. I, I uh, meditate on the word of God. I hear good people who preach faith. Not, not just everybody. You just keep hearing, hearing and hearing and hearing. How does your faith keep getting renewed? How does your faith, uh, spirit of faith keep getting developed in your life? How does an attitude of faith keep coming in your life? You got to keep hearing, got to keep hearing, got to keep, because I want, I want you to think about this. Um, I do believe the season we're in, we, we ought to be monitoring and observing what we're hearing in the news. That's very important. But I will tell you, I've talked to people lately, that they are watching so much of it that they are paralyzed. And they are in fear. So the answer isn't that you can't have the news on, but the answer is you've got to keep hearing something else too. You've got to keep hearing. It's important right now. There are some there are some people that I believe God's given the microphone right now to. Um, I, I like to keep hearing Pastor Robert Morris, keep hearing Jensen Frank, some of these people, uh, Brother hey, uh, Copeland. Right now they, they are saying things we need to hear. Uh, we need to keep hearing the word. You need to keep hearing what we're saying. That's why last weekend when we were trained to decide, do we have live service or do we not, uh, we, we meditated and prayed. We took things into consideration. And we didn't have the mandates last weekend that, that we're having right now. But that's why we, we got up and we said that God's our protector, and we read from Psalm 91. That's why when we put the social posts out there, it had faith to it, it had wisdom to it, it had honor to it. We gotta keep hearing that, especially, especially when we're in the middle of something. What if you're not in the middle of something? That's the time you gotta keep putting faith in. I just want you to hear this. Every one of you are like a computer. Like if I go to my laptop, I can only get out of my computer what's been downloaded into my computer. You can only get out of your heart and your life what's been downloaded. And there are things that have been downloaded, experiences, environments, situations. And and for a lot of us, that's what came out of your life for years. Depression, discouragement, fear, because that's what was downloaded in you. But man, I thank God there's been a renewal. There's been a disposition change. And so what can come out of your life right now is what? Faith. So here's how we start developing an attitude. I got to keep hearing and agreeing, hearing and agreeing, hearing and agreeing, hearing and agreeing. Got to keep putting that podcast on. Got to keep reading that word. Got to, uh, Sunday morning before we came last Sunday, I was in Psalm 91. Even though it didn't have anything to do with my message. Why? Because I needed to come up with a fresh, uh, uh, a fresh confidence for everyone that was listening. So the first part of that formula is what? We hear and we agree. If Jesus said it, I agree. If my experience was different, if my feelings were different, if my emotions were different, I still agree. If Jesus said it, I hear and I agree. If it doesn't look like that's where I hear and I agree. Second part of that formula or the second step is I agree and I decree. Hear and agree, agree and decree. So we know this. We learned a lot about this a couple weeks ago. So I'm not going to say a lot about this. But when you speak, you confirm what you believe. You confirm, I I had this old song running through my mind this morning, and I don't know why. It's probably from the 80s. In the 80s, a lot of the songs were right from the Psalms. And so I kept singing this song in my head, 
you know how you sing in your head sometimes? If you sing good, you sing out loud, but for the rest of us, we sing in our heads. And, and I was singing, I thought, that's not, why would I ever have sang that? And so I thought, I'm going to bring that point up. And, and I was like, that, that something just doesn't seem right. So I went to Psalms, I found out what it said, and I realized that um, I had been singing the wrong lyrics all this time. And so, man, I'm going to see if I can pull these lyrics up. I said, with the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand, we'll invade the enemy's camp. We'll r- walk right into the promised land. So the lyrics were something like that. But I was singing with the high praises of God in my heart and a two-edged sword in my hand. So the, the point was, the psalm says, with the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. So the song wasn't wrong. I lyrically was wrong. But, but I even wrote it down to piece. I was ready like, I'm, this song is so stupid, I can't believe we sang it. I was like, wait, that sounds like a psalm to me. It, 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 anyways, the whole reason I tell that crazy story is it's important what comes out of our mouth is, is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Because your words will connect you to death or to life. Out of the abundance of our mouth, the heart speaks. And we will speak life or we will speak. So every time I speak, it connects me to what? Life or to death. Now look at this really cool scripture in 2 Corinthians. We're almost done. It says this, yet. Everyone say yet. yet. I like the word yet because it means yet. It means it's not over yet. It means God's not finished yet. There is not an expiration date yet. Things are subject to change. There is potential involved. Everything can still what? Alter. So it says this, yet we have this same spirit of faith that David talked about, yet, no matter if there's a virus, a stock market crash, a threat of violence, a terrorist threat, no matter what it might be, uh, 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 a personal challenge, a personal failure, yet we have the same spirit of faith, or the same attitude of faith, or the same disposition of faith, or the same vibe of faith, or the same mood of faith. And I love this, It, it says this, as he who wrote this, I have believed and therefore I have what? Spoken. So we believe, therefore we speak. So the formula of faith, how do you develop an attitude? I keep hearing and agreeing and I agree and I decree. Romans says it this way, the word of God is near you if it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. And I just want you to know, there are a lot of us that just have the word near us. It's on the shelf. It's on the screen. It's on the plaque on the wall, and it's near us. But that's as near as it gets. And then there's some of us that it goes from the plaque on the wall, or the words from, or the pages from a book, or from a screen on a, on a smart device, and it gets in our heart. But some of us have learned that it has to go from the plaque or the Bible to our heart to our mouth. And the Bible says, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to what? Fling some things out there. It's going to be out of the abundance of our yapper, we're going to what? Yap. So if we keep hearing and agreeing, then we're going to agree and we're going to what? Decree. It's that same spirit of faith. So a spirit of faith is to what? It is to believe in our hearts and it is to what? Agree and speak it with our mouths. So if, if hearing the word is like putting the key in the engine, then speaking the word of God is like what? engaging that ignition and turning. I mean, you could go sit in the smoothest ride, the most awesome ride. You can kick back. You can sit there. 
You could even click the key a little bit and get the stereo pumping, and you could look good, but nothing is really happening. But when you turn over the engine and kick in that V8 or turn that on or push the gas pedal down, guess what? Faith is starting to come into action now. Colossians says this, the same way that you receive Jesus, you just continue in him. Well, how did you receive him? I heard a message, I put my faith in him, and I declared he's my savior. That's the same way we keep walking. I hear the word of God, I speak the word of God. I hear the word, I agree with the word. I hear, I agree, I decree. That's the first two steps of developing a spirit of faith, an attitude of faith, a disposition of faith. And here's the last one. So we hear and agree, we agree and we decree, and we decree and we do. So we hear, agree, we agree, we declare, we decree, and we do. I would challenge you with this. Whatever that thing looks like that you're putting faith in, just start picturing yourself doing it. Picture yourself obeying it because faith has to have action. See yourself free from it. See yourself released from it. See yourself doing it. See yourself driving it. See yourself speaking it. See yourself living in it. See yourself owning it. James chapter 2. I know that you know this, but it says this. So also faith, if it doesn't have any works or deeds or actions of obedience to back it up by itself, it is actually destitute or inoperative or it's dead. If your faith doesn't have any proof, it's inoperative. But someone will say to you, you say you have faith. I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works if you can, and I, by good works of obedience, will show you my faith. So what it's saying is, guess what? Our faith has to have some action. Our faith has to have some proof. So it's not just about hearing the word. That's how you receive faith. You also got to start speaking it, but that's not just enough either. We start doing it. So there is a formula to faith. The Bible says this, we need to hear the word, heed the word, and do the word. Don't just be a hearer. It actually says if we just hear, we confuse ourselves because we never do it. It's like having good intentions. I hear, I've got great, anyone ever have good intentions? I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do it. And good intentions don't count. To just hear the word, there is more to it. We got to hear it and agree with it. If it came from the lips of Jesus, I agree with it. Doesn't matter how I feel, what's going on, what the news says, I agree. That's what Joshua and Caleb, they heard the word of God and they agreed with it even though there was a giant in the land, even though the cities were fortified. And then they had to decree something. If God said it, we should go up now and possess the land. If God's for us. And they were ready to go. And guess what? They were the only two out of the 12 that got to go. They were the only two out of the 12 that stepped into the blessing, that stepped into the promise, that crossed the Jordan, that defeated the um, Hittites, Parasites, Jebusites, Hittites, all the tights. They, they were the ones who went in and they won victory. And if you have a spirit of faith, an attitude of faith, you'll be the one, even if some others don't cross over, you'll cross in, you'll go into some things. Now, let me close with this example and then we're going to make a confession. One, one of the coolest stories in the Bible, and it's a popular story, where this attitude of faith is represented is the Bible said there was a lady, and she had a, a bleeding situation, a tumor for 12 years. 12 years. She had a medical condition that wouldn't let her be in public, wouldn't let her live the life she wanted to, wouldn't let her um, have the kind of life and family that she wanted to. And for 12 years, she had this blood disorder and this bleeding issue. And the Bible said she exhausted all of her resources on doctors. She had all the tests done. She had all of, the, uh, all of her resources went. 
to trying to correct this, and nothing made it better. Nothing got better. This threat was she was going to be stuck with this and live with this, and there wasn't any hope. But the Bible said this, that she heard a report about a man named Jesus who, when he laid hands on people, they were healed. So what did she do, first of all? She heard a report that there's a healer in the village. She heard a report that sickness and disease bow to this prophet. She heard a report. This is where faith starts. She heard. What are you hearing? Because what you hear, you will believe. What are you consistently and intentionally healing? And the Bible said this. She heard and she said, if I touch his garment, I will be healed. What did she do? That's the second part. I, I heard he's here, and she said, if I touch. It's important to hear, and it's important to say. And the Bible said she reached out, and she just grabbed the edge of his garment, and healing power, the Bible said virtue came out of Jesus, and it met her, and she was immediately healed and made whole completely. So she heard, she said, and she reached out and she grabbed that garment of Jesus. And the Bible said this, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, are you crazy? Look at this massive crowd of people and you're worried about who touched it. He said, no virtue went out of me. Listen, a lot of people can be around the word. A lot of people can be in church. A lot of people can be around Jesus, but Jesus knows when faith pulls on him. God the Father knows when faith goes out. And Jesus turned and he didn't say, by the power that is in me from God Almighty, you are healed. No, Jesus said, your faith made you whole. Your faith, your word of belief, your faith to reach out and touch me. Virtue went out of me. I believe virtue is always going out of Jesus. Power is always going out of the word. I believe answers are always coming. Solutions are always coming. And they land where faith grabs a hold of them. So we got we to gotta what? We got to hear some reports. We got to say what Jesus said and we got to reach out, be the one. Some of you aren't going to get this. I don't know why this came to me, but um, there used to be a TV show called Welcome Back, Cotter. Cotter. Y'all remember that? And there was this guy named Horshack and he would always be in class and they would ask a question. He'd be like, ooh, 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 ooh. You remember that? I believe that maybe God looks around for some people that are depressed, down, wondering what God's up to, but there's some people over there, ooh, 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 me, me. I got some faith. And so this, listen to me, this attitude of faith. So hopefully this is a good way to kick off the series. Attitude is everything. So you talk about that lady. Attitude was everything in her situation. It was everything. Because she went to every doctor. She had every test. She probably tried an herbal diet. Probably ate strictly organic. I mean, she would have done anything, any procedure, any test, she might have went to every person that had some kind of, I mean, she was watching Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Dr. everything. But attitude was everything. Because her attitude of what? Faith. She heard, she agreed with God out loud, and she stepped out. And if hearing is like putting the car, the key in the ignition, and if speaking is like starting that engine, Faith in action is like putting that car into gear, stepping on the gas. That's how, you, that's how you begin to go somewhere in your faith walk. And I believe this is what training, faith training is all about. Listen to me. Experiences don't reveal who you are. And experiences don't make your faith. Developing your faith when an experience or a challenge comes is what reveals your attitude. 
So the difference maker, I believe, in one person to the next, it's an attitude thing. It is a disposition. It's a disposition. That's why we need to develop. So I want to challenge everybody. Let's start working and developing an attitude of faith because that's what God rewards. Because that's what creates hope. And that's how we receive every promise. I believe the Bible is a promise book. It's a solution book. It's an answer book. For it. There's an answer in there right now for this plague that we're dealing with. There's a solution for God's people. There's a solution. We're going to make this declaration of faith. So for those that are sitting here, I'm going to ask you guys to stand to your feet. If you're at home, you might want to stand because I don't think you can make this declaration, kick back in your recliner with your Mountain Dew all chilled this morning. I think you need to stand to your faith and let the enemy know you just learned something really good this morning. So set your lucky charms down and your coffee and get up on your feet and let's declare something. Y'all ready for this? Just repeat what I say. I declare that I have an attitude of faith and not fear. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. I believe that I receive wealth, health, anointing, victory, freedom, and blessing. I am anointed on a level the world, the world is unfamiliar with. Is unfamiliar with. Mm. And I can do. And I can be. And I can have. All God has called me to do. To be and to have. And if you believe that, why don't you shout this morning? Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.